0: Hi, and welcome to the My Dog Made Me Do It Naturally podcast. I am your host, Kat Jepsen, a canine nutritionist with an innate obsession with dogs and the natural ways in which we are driven to live because of them. So, let's get to it.
1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the My Dog Made Me Do It Naturally podcast. I am your host, Kat Jepsen, and tonight I am joined by the lovely Helena, from Poochie Park and Poochie Pantry. Hi, Helena. Hi. Hi. So, Helena is the loving mom of Luna and Autumn, her two fur babies, and she is also the proud owner of the Poochie Park, which is an enclosed dog field, and also the Poochie Pantry, which is a online raw dog food shop, isn't it? That's right, yeah? It is, yeah.
2: (laughs) We have got a bricks and mortar shop as well, but that's by appointment only.
1: Ah, yeah, so if you are local and where are you based? uh
2: well, Sherburne and Elmer, but literally
1: on the outskirts of Sherburne, so if you are local to that area, then definitely do check out Helena's shop and go down and see her by appointment. Don't forget, but anyway, so just to kick us off, Helena, why don't you first start by telling us a little bit about you and Luna and autumn? Okay, so we've got two dogs. Uh, both rescues
2: Luna we found by the side of the road uh, in 2015 and uh, she kind of stayed with us from there she's tiny she only weighs (laughs) five kilos she's really small and then Autumn we rescued from Woodhaven uh, during Covid she was dumped in Bishop's Wood and they took her in and that's how we got her we just saw her on one of these posts and we just kind of put an application in for her oh that's the
1: two girls oh so did you have dogs before those two
2: yeah I've had dogs since I was 16
1: oh yeah yeah they're great out so how can we not how can we not have any (laughs) I tried I think I lasted three months but I've always had border collies
2: prior to oh did you yeah I've had five border collies
1: ah so what made you change then or was it the fact that you were just going to rescue instead no we had a
2: German shepherd in between as well and then from the German Shepherd, then we got Luna, and then Autumn.
1: Ah, I see, I see. But obviously Luna was sort of like opportunistic because she was at the side of the road, so.
2: <laughs> oh, she, was. she was, so tiny, she had a little bit of string round her neck, and the uh, dog warden suspected she'd escaped from somewhere, nobody claimed her, so
1: uh, yeah, she's ours. Always- it's such a beautiful story though, like to find a dog at the side of the road and take it home is like, a dream for me you know what I mean like you just don't find dogs at the side of the road anymore not really are so whenever I hear if anyone's found one at the side I'm like where yeah. <laughs> I need to go and get one <laughs> she was really smelly and really small and it was
2: the day we were we actually bought this house so oh. I was rushing to get the keys to the house and I had to stop because she was so tiny oh <gasps> that's fate it's
1: absolute it fate isn't it absolutely yeah oh that's lovely so what does your natural journey look like then so what did you when did you start with raw feeding is it raw feeding that you do what does that look like
2: so it started with the German Shepherd actually we had a a German Shepherd puppy who had the most horrendous stomach ever Um, and that was where my journey started with her started raw feeding just one brand didn't know what was doing really um just literally putting it in a tub
1: and feeding her with it and that's how it's sad and now what does your journey look like now compared to (laughs) still pretty much the same (laughs) i just know now i know
2: what they should be having yeah Um, i do occasionally do diy but i just don't have the inclination but they do get a variety of brands they get loads and loads of different proteins and they do get raw meaty bones as treats they get um oily fish they get eggs they get bone broth so yes i have evolved the more (laughs) i've become educated prior to all those years ago just chucking some mints into a bowl
1: yeah, I know. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I think you start off on the journey and then you get sort of like curious about it and you think, well, what else can I be doing? But thing is as well, you haven't always got to make it complicated, have you? Like you you literally can just buy the different brands and put them in the bowl with a few added extras if you want, and that's completely fine. Like if that works for you, then there's no reason to say that. Well, don't do it. I think the main thing is that you get the fresh in the bowl at the end of the day. And that's, that's and yeah. that's what we do. So. Yeah, Um, so what, tell us about your shop, what kind of, um, what kind of sparked off the idea for the Poochie Pantry?
2: Oh, crikey, so we had the dog, well we started the dog park and we had one freezer, I swear to God, Poochie Pantry started with one freezer and we stopped Paleo Ridge and that was it and we just thought it would be nice to go alongside the park, you know, if people wanted to get a bit of food and it kind of just spiralled from there because you can never have one freezer. Yeah. uh, Yeah, we've got 31 now. You've
1: got 31 freezers? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, how how do you even fit them all in? Oh, we keep taking walls down. You wouldn't recognise it. We've taken more walls down since you last came. Really? Wow. I'm going to have to come and see what it looks like. So how many... How many brands have you got then of raw food? Um, I think we've got about 16 or
2: 17. I can't I keep changing because if one is not selling as well, we'll just get rid of it and replace it with something different because there's new brands coming onto the market all the time and we like to try something new. We've got a new brand yeah. coming in this week actually. Um so I like, yeah, I like to evolve with them, but then all of a sudden one will just stop selling and I can't have a freezer. Not paying its way, kind of thing. So
1: it'll yeah. go. No, but I think that's really good because it'll keep your customers interested as well, not right? it? Because you do get people who like to buy the same things all the time. But as yeah. obviously being an advocate for fresh food and trying to increase variety with customers, it kind of like pushes them into that, oh, I'll try this one. Because even if it's the same flavor, it's not necessarily from the same geographical area. So it could still be a variation within the same protein, can't it?
2: It can. And then the, the other thing you've got is they use different cuts of meat. You've got the cheaper cuts of meat, the more, you know, it depends which cuts they're using and also which offal they're putting in, because some companies don't do a, a ratio. They just yeah. put all one, one offal in there, a lot of liver heavy ones. And then yeah. you've got some producers class heart as offal, which yep. is meat. So there's a lot of variation. And by feeding all the different brands, you're getting the best of all the different worlds, really yeah and also when somebody comes in you've got all the bones and chunks freezer as well and i would even adding bones every now and again to a bowl and then just feeding boneless either side you know makes a change yeah there's loads of stuff in there. i think
1: do you what do you find the most enjoyable about having the raw shop
2: um when somebody wants to come in and change
1: what they're feeding Oh yeah, so you get to actually help them switch over yeah. from from the yeah. <laughs> from the processed to the non-processed.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, even if somebody comes in and they won't leave kibble, even I call it pimping the bowl. Even adding some fresh to that bowl is going to benefit the dog. Anything that can kind of balance out all the dry. I mean, there's always going to be is it, mycotoxins and alpha toxins within the kibble. And if whatever fresh you can add will help balance those out a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So so is advice something that you offer to your customers then?
2: It is, yes. And I don't charge. If yeah. somebody wants my support transitioning over, they've just got to make an appointment so I can spend some time talking to them.
1: Yeah, and that can be in person or on the phone. It can be, yeah. Okay, that's really great because I think there are a lot of people who are kind of scared to kind of make the leap out at the end. They and they're probably just, you know, want to order some food but might not really know how to feed it. So that's a really great thing that you're doing. Um so what do you have any other services that you offer from within the Poochi Pantry?
2: Well, the uh apart from nutrition, I also do zoo pharmacology. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah, so tell us a little bit more about that then.
2: So I came across um my tutor who's Caroline Ingraham when I was studying my K9 diploma in nutrition. Yeah. And I thought everything clicked into place. When we rescued Autumn, she only weighed eight kilos and she literally ate dandelions till they were coming out of her ears. Never thought anything of it, we just thought she liked dandelions. And then it turns out that maybe she was healing herself. Yes. Yeah. Because Once her tummy healed and she put weight on, she's never eaten another dandelion since.
1: Really? So not even now, she'll never eat any?
2: If I put one on her bowl, she would eat it, but she wouldn't go out and actually actively seek dandelions. So basically, zoopharmacognosy is all animals have the innate ability to heal themselves if they have access to... So in the wild, they would self-serve themselves, But because we we have captive animals, we have pets, we have to give them the we have to present them with the nutrients, with the oils that can actually heal themselves. And it's done by if there's something wrong with the dog, it kind of changes their taste and their sense of smell, and it makes things that will heal them more appealing. Right, okay. As soon as they've healed that part the sense of taste will revert back to normal and then they don't find it appealing anymore wow that's fascinating isn't it it is so I'm not a huge fan of putting loads and loads of nutrients in the bowl I I like to see them on the side and if the dog wants them they can take them
1: so how for people listening at home who this is completely a new topic for them how does it work basically like does it only work for dogs that are sick or can you use it in general day-to-day or what kind of would there be a reason that you seek it? yeah Yeah,
2: you don't know if the dog is sick though so when I do a session we put lots of things down because as you know behavior can be affected by if there's something not quite right with the dog the dog can't tell us it may be just that they've got a bit of tummy ache and they will they'll guide the session whether they go for gut oils whether they go for liver whether they just need you know as you know anything on the skin can come from the gut as well so quite often a lot of the animals choose gut oils
1: yeah so would you then would you obviously meet with the owner and the pet and then would you just present them with loads of different oils or would and then just see if the if the dog is sort of like I want to say attracted to, but is that the right word? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, it is. Yes?
2: Yeah, so first of all, we laid out different nutrients, stuff like spirulina, rose hips, okay. um, uh, devil's claw, licorice root. And depending on, somebody will say, oh, my dog just eats everything in sight. They don't. They are so selective. Yeah. If if they don't choose it, it's because they don't need it. Right. Um, and then from there, I tend to start with, the oils are all classified into different, I do it by colours so you've got like your psychotherapeutic and you've got your physical oils so I tend to start with the physical first and start with the gentler ones especially if the animal has not been exposed to essential oils before and just watch what they do so they will indicate whether they're enjoying the oil and if they move away you don't follow them because that means
1: they're not interested right okay okay god that's fascinating isn't it so so you, you, (laughs) I bet you it's been really enjoyable thing to study hasn't it yeah yeah so do you actually actively do sessions for the general public then now from I do yes so I haven't fully
2: qualified my exams in April but I finished all the written work so I'm fully insured but I'm still charging a kind of a lower price at the moment because I'm not fully qualified so at the moment my clients are getting they're getting quite a good deal really
1: yeah and then it will go up to full price once you get that qualification in yeah. the bag so if anybody's interested then the time is now <laughs>
2: yes
1: it is yeah. <laughs> to start your and, and it,
2: you know it can help with um all sorts
1: of things I worked with
2: the dog uh, last year and the dog was so nervous and she jumped at every single noise and we did the first session and sometimes the sessions don't go as planned. And I came home and I thought, "Oh God, that was awful. It's not going to work. But yeah. I always do two days, two consecutive sessions. So I went back, we moved where we worked with the dog and straight away she picked three oils. Really? Yeah. And we've got a video of this dog on bonfire night working with her oil, completely chilled. Whereas normally she'd have been at the window, she'd have been barking, she'd have been wow. so stressed, and she literally was sparker.
1: And just to just for clarification, every nutrient and oil that you use is natural. It is. I actually
2: buy them from Caroline, who's my tutor, because yeah. most of it's organic. It has yeah. to be extremely high quality because some of the dogs will actually ingest. Yeah. So you don't want anything that is very inferior. You need it to be the purest it can be. And she knows all of her. So where she sources everything, she knows everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's what you want to be looking for, isn't oh, it? Especially yes. something that's like, obviously, it's medicinal to the dog. So no, it, it has to be of the highest quality. Um, yes. So I'm just thinking, have you ever worked with any dogs that have got epilepsy? No. Oh, well, are you you willing to?
2: (laughs) I would, yes.
1: I'm just thinking because um, my Boris, obviously, you know, has got epilepsy and he has been on a um, herbal blend. He's on like a liver tonic as well because he has um, conventional medicine for his seizures, which we're working on bringing him off. Um, but he also has a herbal blend which is for calming you know for to calm the nervous system it has like different herb about maybe five or six different herbs in it but I am curious to see which of the psychotherapeutic I'm guessing would form would be the epilepsy yeah would that be in that category you
2: you wouldn't you would let him choose because there might be something else that he so would you food? just
1: like lay out loads of oils and see if he went to any of them no so if you have the lids off
2: all the oils you're flooding the room with too many smells okay yeah so yeah, yeah it's literally one lid hold the oil if he's interested he'll come over and sniff it if he's not interested the lid goes straight back on the oils okay. are so potent that you just don't want the room flooding
1: yeah right okay yeah and as well obviously because the dog's olfactory senses are so so sensitive compared to Absolutely. humans and yes. organic essential oils if you've ever smelled an organic essential oil as a human they are so so strong like yeah. a lavender organic essential oil when you smell it you wouldn't know it was lavender really because it is yeah. that strong if that's right isn't it because they are that potent but so i'm really interested um i think i might have to book him in just to see because i don't I just think- want to yeah i don't just want to give him like the pre-made herbal blends because if he doesn't want to interact with that because sometimes he can be a bit funny with his food and obviously Mm. i put it on the food because that's what the instructions say because if i did just leave it at the side he probably wouldn't eat it Mm. and with him being epileptic He kind of does need it if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I'm sort of like stuck on this thing where if he's not eating it, it's because he doesn't need it. But yeah, he does need something to calm his nervous system down because he's epileptic. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort of like that kind of thing. So I'm just thinking, I'm really interested in learning more about this and seeing if we can work with him. But I'm also wondering, Barney suffers from chronic stress. So is that something that you can use this for as well? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So i think we need to have a diary out you'll be no
2: time
1: i can see another course coming your way oh yeah well i would if i had the time maybe geez at the moment i've got no time at all Mm -hmm. um so that's really fascinating i'm looking forward to that so i'll have to talk to you about that afterwards um but so what um if you have any tips for pet parents basically at how um they could sort of like learn more about this or different ways that it can help them you know maybe ways that people might not have thought of then what kind what would you say to them right now listening to this podcast is this regarding
2: the zoo farm or in general any both okay so <laughs> okay so new pet parents um uh, yeah. i would always recommend but to get Book by Lise Hansen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is one of the most, one of the best pet parent books out there. It's written so easy to understand. It covers, it goes into vaccinations, worming treatments, flea treatments, and it explains all about, so we don't over chemicalize our our dogs. And the way she explains it is so easy for people, because that's my big thing is, you know, if he's vaccinating, if he's putting flea treatment on, and all of this impacts the liver and the gut. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I like to look at the whole dog, and that's the food, um, what chemicals are used in the home. It's the whole kit and caboodle, because somebody will come in with an itchy dog, and you can't just cure an itchy dog just like that, because it might not just be diet. You have to look at everything else that's going Mm. on within the environment. Yeah. so yeah zoo farm can help as well because again you've got a stressed dog you've got a gut that's not working well because everything everything is related to the gut
1: yeah definitely like with barney barney has so many flare-ups with his skin and his gut and he's he has different periods of time where he's intolerant to different things and it is from stress So Mm -hmm. I know that when he's particularly stressed that's when everything starts going downhill so it's not like the food necessarily that's causing it it's maybe something that's happened instead and I think people obviously think oh you know I've got an itchy dog so they must have a contact allergen present or something like that Mm -hmm. when really itching can be a symptom which comes from inside and quite often Mm -hmm. is and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize isn't it that it's usually starting from within and that's where you need to look first to be able to sort it out yeah. um
2: it's a bit of a vicious circle sometimes as well because once the biome in the gut's kind of depleted for whatever reason uh, chemicals again uh, then it takes a while for it to get back up and while the yeah. gut's like
1: that that's a stressed gut yeah, so it is. You've got to be really careful, and you've got to be really like precious with it as well, haven't you? Because if you <laughs> obsessive is the word we're going for there. Well, yeah, yeah, obsessive. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's tough. It can be tough. It can be yeah. tough. Um, so um, I'm just thinking if people do want to contact you, um, if they want to get in touch, if they want to book a session even if it's at the dog park, because let's not forget about your wonderful dog park. Um, or if they want to order some food, there are so many ways that people can benefit from you and your services. It's absolutely fabulous Thank you. <laughs> and i I'm it's great, and I'm glad to be local <laughs> as well
2: I'm on the free delivery route
1: yes, I'm on the free delivery route that's you know that's an added bonus um so if people do want to contact you for whether it's zoo farmt, whether it's raw food, whether it's nutritional advice or whether it's for some you know daily exercise with the pooch, where can they find you?
2: Right. So the dog park, all bookings are done online. I have no access. Well, I do have access, but I just I don't because it's it's there. It's all online. All the slots are there. You can book an hour. You can book 30 minutes. That's easy. That's just on poochiepark.co.uk. You can then order your food online because if you order your food online, you get points and points means prizes. Yeah, so they do. Uh, regarding <laughs> contacting me, uh, messenger whatsapp uh instagram telephone numbers everywhere just pick up the phone and call email i prefer not email i think emails my emails always go to junk yeah so i prefer messaging that's the easiest way for me to do it
1: emails are sort of like um i think when you've got small business as well and especially like yourself you actually work within the the nitty-gritty of the business like the picking and the packing and everything like that don't you so like emails it's not like you just sat there looking at the emails all day like somebody would be in the office it's like you literally check them if you remember like at lunchtime or so yeah so emails can be for small business owners maybe not the best way I always say to people contact me on Instagram because if you want an urgent reply that's your best chance yeah (laughs) and even then that's your best chance
2: and yeah no yeah. I, I agree small businesses is definitely messenger a quick message rather than an email which I might yeah. not see it for you know
1: four six hours because I like you you just don't have time to check them no not especially when you're in the thick of it because you just kind of get lost in work don't you and things like that so um it is it's one of those things I think everyone's just so busy that like you say probably a messaging and phone call because if your phone rings you're more likely to pick it up but if you've got like just a little notification you'll be like oh I'll check it i'll check it in a minute <laughs> <laughs> oh trust me i know when we had the shop though i used to be like that so busy it's a little bit different now but yeah it's mad it's mad in the having a small business i think it um, is and it's a lot because you kind of you feel like
2: you should be answering those calls that come in at eight o'clock at night. You, the switch I do switch my phone off now on a night, but even yeah. so, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I can't help myself, yeah, during the middle of the night, and yeah. it's just the things I do.
1: I know, I know, and then you find yourself you, you try to be proactive about leaving your phone alone for a bit, but then you end up getting <laughs> it's madness. Oh, no. oh, right. Well, um, I think, I think, let me just have a little think about if I've got. All right, yeah, I've got one more question. Just okay. one more question before we leave. So, we've talked about all the positive things about you and your businesses and things like that, but along your whole journey, what is one thing that you have struggled with and how have you overcome it if you have? No,
2: it's true. It's the work life balance. I have no work life balance. And I. I don't know if I'll ever change I spoke to somebody the other day and I think it's it's part of who I am yeah I'm a a workaholic apparently so you know I start work at half six in the morning I'll be working till (laughs) eight nine at night I'm not as bad now and I'm trying to get that work-life balance but I think that's a really really hard thing to do in a small business and if you say I've been self-employed for years and years and it's just I don't think it's
1: something I'll never learn to do I don't think it's something that's possible in small businesses you know what I mean like especially not when you've got real heavy physical work to do Mm. like if it is a bit different if it's sort of like all online that kind of thing because you can sort of like pick it up and put it down but you've got time sensitive jobs all mm. day every day even on the weekend when you're doing the local deliveries so like how are you supposed to balance that out because you know if you close then your customers are missing out so you kind of like <laughs> you are got in a trap aren't you yeah it is
2: and it's yeah and I think that's the hardest thing because I'm not getting any younger you know
1: oh yeah but you don't look a day over 21. Oh bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know, but still, you do love it, though. You've got to love it, otherwise you will do it. it. You know, somebody said, "Do you really enjoy going in a
2: freezer at six o'clock in the morning when it's freezing outside?" And the answer is, "Yeah, I do. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love picking the orders. I mean, it's the challenge of knowing what's in every single freezer in there. You ask me where something is, and I <laughs> tell you exactly where it is in a freezer. And it's like, how do you know that? And it's just, but ask me what I had for tea last night. Not a clue."
1: i know it's madness isn't it but i think as well you know when you've got a business that brings so much bent like so many benefits to your yeah. customers like you know what you sell to your customers is the highest you know it's a minimal processed foods it's the most species appropriate diet for dogs it's going to be helping dogs that have been fed on raw for all their lives continue to thrive on an optimal diet it's going to be helping the newbies start their journey into optimal health so just Mm -hmm. the fact that you are the one providing that source of nutrients for them is just kind of like you know yeah look at me i'm doing this i'm helping these pups you see it. you should be it's
2: the nicest thing when somebody brings a dog in that doesn't look it's best Uh, because it's either diet based or whatever. And when they come back a month or so later and that dog looks so visibly different. And you know, I always remember working with a Weimarama and getting solid poop. You wouldn't believe how many poop pictures I get. (laughs) Yeah. It's just the way it is. And they're so proud when they get the perfect poop. So they share it.
1: Yeah, I know. It's true. It's true. We've all been there. We've all, you know, especially, you know, when you've had troublesome dogs, I've still got troublesome dogs right now. Sometimes they have, you know, issues. And you do you do like little dances in the kitchen or when you have those celebratory moments, because especially if you've been working so long to try and figure out, you know, the right balance or whatever, then it is. And the fact that your customers feel that they can share that with you, just you know speaks volumes about the service that you offer because i mean if you asked people who buy raw food from like generic manufacturers and you know maybe other different suppliers where they might not have such in-depth communications then i guarantee they won't be sending them poop pictures you know what i mean probably not no, probably, probably not. so that's fascinating well done you turn you turned a you turned the negative into a positive <laughs> i do try Well, Helena, thanks ever so much for joining us. Um, It's been lovely to, well, explore your businesses and your skills. Um, Obviously, I already know you. You're one of my good friends in the raw and natural feeding world. So I'm happy to um, get you out there on the podcast, help people learn about what it is that you do, and hopefully get some more pups coming your way, whether it's for fresh food, a run around the field, or some natural medical. Well, what would you call it it's like it's well, it's classed as
2: is it individualized the ingraham method of individualized medicine that's what she calls it so ah. we can't diagnose because yep. i'm not a vet so there's no diagnosis takes place yep. it's more the dog chooses and all it does is guide us down a route so there's no diagnosis will ever be made so
1: we support the dog to self-medicate Yes. Essentially, yeah, that's correct. Ooh. I'm really excited. <laughs> oh, I'm, you're going to be regretting. <laughs> You'll be like, I'm no more. I, I never regret, <laughs> never. Oh yay! Okay, so well, everybody who's listening, don't forget if you want to find Helena, I will pop a website and social media links in the show notes, so there'll be direct links to go straight there. Um. If you are in the local area, definitely, definitely do check out Pooch Pack and Pooch Pantry because you will not be disappointed. Also, if anyone does fancy shopping there, I have a referral link. I would be um, <laughs> massively grateful if you could shop using that link because then I will get points. <laughs> and then you can start earning your own points when you shop there too. Um, do you have anything you'd like to add, Helena? No, I think you've covered everything well as usual. <laughs> Yay. Well, thank you ever so much for being a guest on the podcast. I do hope that you get some new faces and new customers from um from this as a result of this. And everybody, we will try to keep you updated as we uh we've got a couple of events to attend this year, haven't we? Um in the Raw and Natural Feeding World. So, we will keep you updated across our socials as we attend those and bring back some more crucial information. Okay, bye. bye. Thank, Thank you very you. much for having me. Nope, you're
0: so welcome. Bye for now. Thanks a lot, bye. Thanks for listening to another great episode of the My Dog Made Me Do It Naturally podcast. Don't forget to check out the caption for any links discussed here today. And please, if you enjoyed the show, follow along and listen for free on your favourite podcast app. If you have any questions or would like to share your story, feel free to email me at naturally at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. purpose of this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted as advice from a veterinarian or other professional. It does not form a client relationship with me, the host, or any guest speakers, and any information is not intended to, and does not diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. And my guests express our own views, thoughts, and opinions as individuals, and the podcast neither endorses or opposes the views, products, or services discussed here. If your pet is ill, always seek advice from your veterinarian. I am not a veterinarian and I do not treat disease or offer medical advice.